0: Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am your hostess, Pat Rulo. We bring you hand-selected hosts, podcasts, and talk radio programming with listening options. We also feature one-on-one segments with important guests, people who have something to say that you need to hear. And if you have something to say and would like to be featured on the network, please visit SpeakUpTalkRadio.com for all of the details, or contact us at PR at SpeakUpTalkRadio.com. Well, today, I am just thrilled to have a returning author with me. She is Cynthia Hamilton. A lifelong reader and lover of the written word, Cynthia turned to writing in 2000 as a means of coping with a debilitating illness. And since then, she has written 13 books, 11 of which are available on Amazon. In addition to the Madeline Dawkins Mystery Series, which we are going to talk about today, she writes general fiction and some memoir, Finding Ruth, and Once Upon a Lime, A Tale of Two Journeys. And you can find our touching previous conversation about her book titled Finding Ruth at speakuptalkradio.com. Finding Ruth was also a Firebird Book Award winner, and Cynthia has bestowed the greatest honor to me as I will be narrating Finding Ruth for an audiobook by the end of this year. But as I said, today we're going to dig into her Madeline Dawkins series, clearly an ongoing project that has really captured Cynthia's imagination. Madeline's dual careers as private investigator and event planner to the Santa Barbara elite keep her on her toes, sometimes overlapping, as seen in the latest book, Houses of Deception, which was just released on July 21st of this year, 2021, and... The seventh book release date is spring 2022, and it's titled Other People's Money. And you can find out more at CynthiaHamiltonBooks.com. And I'm so looking forward to today's conversation. So let's get going. Welcome back, Cynthia. Thank you. So nice to be with you. Always a pleasure to talk with you. I always enjoy our time together. So we are going to talk about the Madeline Dawkins series, mystery series, six books. And you finished uh the sixth one and the seventh on the way. They are titled Spouse Trap, A High Price to Pay, Girl Trap, The Trouble with Paradise, The Patience of Karma, Houses of Deception, and The Seventh, Other People's Money. So a lot going on there. Where did this idea come <laughs> from? <laughs>
1: Well, it was a gift to me that came during a private rant um, where I was, you know, lamenting the fact that if I wrote some piece of trash called the Bloody Detective, I would be a gazillionaire. And of course, I immediately dismissed that thought because it was so repulsive to me. But in the same second, this this other voice whispered, "No, that's she just got a bad rap from her." rotten ex-husband and then the story just sort of just expanded in my mind and and madeline she started to morph before my eyes and all you know little by little as more ideas and thoughts about her background came to me she slowly turned into this beautiful woman with a lot of dignity and grace um who happens to be married to a a real mover shaker in Santa Barbara society. And so then, you know, using that premise that she got a a bad rap because of the rotten ex-husband, I had to go through this. Okay. How does, how does that all happen? And it was surprising to me how fast it all came together. It just, uh, she, she, her personality shifted as I started, as it all started unfolding in my mind, you know, the setup, you know, how she um recovers herself from that without uh tipping off the fact that she's figured out what her husband has done to her. And then that whole book, Spouse Trap, is about her navigating the scheme that he has um put in place to dump her to marry a wealthy woman, to bail his butt out of the these jams he's gotten himself into. And so she, I put her through hell, and I send her to Guam, and she has to hire her own private investigator, and bad things continue to happen as Stephen Ridley systematically tries to keep her off balance and keep her from getting the dirt on him so that she can ruin his plan to marry a wealthy divorcee. So it's a pretty intricate, crazy plot. And like I said, it was, there was so much stuff there that I had to make that the prequel. And then in the second book, A High Price to Pay, it's three years later after Madeline has gotten her um, private investigator's license. And so um, in book one, Spouse Trap, she connects with um, an old Boyfriend, uh, when she needs to go down to LA to have a place to spend the night before flying to Guam. But the funny thing about Mike was that my intention all along was that Madeline was going to call a friend she went to college with, um, a woman who was a flight attendant. And so Madeline places the call and all of a sudden this six foot three, you know, blonde surfer dude. Answers the phone and I'm thinking, wait a second, <laughs> you know who, who called for you? And that turned into Mike, and then Mike becomes a partner of Madeline's. You know, he first he's he's the sympathetic ex-boyfriend that still misses her, loves her very much, and she checked him into AA. You know, uh, not AA, but she got him into a clinic and he got you know sober, and then he's been on the wagon ever since. So. They've got a lot of history together, even through the 12 years that she was married to Stephen Ridley before it all exploded. So Night came along with her into the subsequent books. So there's also been this thread running through the series with their relationship. And it's been really interesting to see how it has evolved and where it's gone and how it endures and how dynamic they are as a duo.
0: Wow, a lot going on. I'd love to be in your head sometimes. (laughs) It's It's messy and crowded. Swirling around. (laughs) So uh, maybe give us a peek into book six, Houses of Deception.
1: Okay, so in Houses of Deception, um, it starts with um, Madeline and Mike going to this event that her current affairs side of her business her um, event planning side of her dual businesses, is putting on. She doesn't really have anything to do with that side of the business anymore, but the um, people throwing this party insisted she and Mike be there. So they uh, grudgingly go, and they they cut out early, but then Madeline receives a call pre-dawn, the next morning, By the husband of the wife of the you know the husband that they were throwing this party for, he's in a dither because he can't find his wife. She's disappeared. He's been looking everywhere for her since four in the morning, and so they're called into action to come and figure out what happened to the wife. So that turns into a a ransom situation. And things get very bizarre on that front. Um, so we've got that going on. And, um, let's see. Madeline's got her, the person that she found out who set her up in the first book comes to her and Mike needing their help, uh, to find his nephew. And the nephew happens to be the son of the man who Madeline hired when her rotten ex-husband, Stephen Ridley, uh, put her through hell. That man lost his life because of what but his involvement was trying to sort this out. So anyway, that's been brought back into book six. And uh, the son that Madeline happened to see when she rented the office that she now occupies uh, in order to get to her dead P.I.'s files to find out what he had found that got him killed so she feels obligated and very you know much willing to uh find out what happened to Dylan Latham so it's got both those storylines going on
0: Wow, a lot going on there and then as you were wrapping that up you were already into the seventh book other people's money right
1: yes right and so yeah I have become accustomed to these insights that come to me, and they're so interesting and so far-fetched. I've never come up with them on my own. So I've become really, you know, when, when they come to me, I grab them mm-hmm. and I incorporate them, you know, and I make sure that it kind of fits first. But um, so I, I feel like I'm in a partnership with, maybe a divine <laughs> voice yes. um, that just that has really allowed me to write things that I never thought I could conceive of. Mm-hmm. So I don't know I don't know how to explain it. I know I sound a little ditzy right now, um, but it's just such a, um, it's a it's sort of a mystery to me how I managed to write these mm-hmm. mysteries. They just really come from a different source inside me. Or outside of me, I don't know. And uh, it's a it's an interesting experience. It can be a little nerve wracking at times mm-hmm. because you know I don't really have like a partner that I can rely on to you know kind of feed me, you know, pull me back on track, and just you know assure me that we're going in the right direction. So you know I'm a little bit on a tightrope, but it's the way I I have learned to fly. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? Maybe it doesn't need to be explained. It is the way it is. And just enjoy the ride and go with it and produce creative content. And uh, yeah, it's kind of a gift. It is a gift. That's
1: how it feels to me. Mm -hmm. It's like I feel like these stories just they pop into my head out of nowhere. And and honestly, I don't I don't feel I can take credit for them. And you know, and all the solutions to all these cuckoo things I get myself into, and I go, like, okay, now what? They they just come to me organically, just out of the blue. Uh, some I'm tapping into something, I don't know what, and I am grateful, and I just really keep my fingers crossed that that, that voice never leaves, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. or I will be back to writing one-off fiction.
0: well just be just be kind to the voice and you'll be all right Right. (laughs) and what's interesting though is these are all very much connected but on the other hand they all can be read as standalones
1: exactly because I try to give a lot of you know enough background um, so I'm not belaboring the issue or you know boring people who are following it all the way through just so that they get the gist of who their, who the protagonists are, what their objective is, and any characters that show up from other previous books, you know, I re, kind of reintroduce them. And I, I, you know, to me it feels like kind of a fun thing. And I think you know, from a reader's point of view, it is fun to have people brought back in, you know, because you already know a little about them, and and uh, kind of nice to see them. You know, go on to other parts of the story, and so I I like that part of it, and that's something that I never was able to do in any of my other books because they're all one off. Right. And you know, so so I do like that. It's it kind of re- makes me feel like when you watch a, a series and you have recurring mm-hmm. uh, characters that that may go away for a while and then pop back up.
0: I was thinking the exact same thing. I was getting a visual there of, yeah, like you say, TV shows, and then all of a sudden someone comes back, and it's like an old friend returns. It's like, oh, yeah, I like him, or I like her. So that's that's kind of neat. So,
1: what's next? Got a contract for eight. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so um, after that, I don't know. I, I happened to mention um, to the founder of Severn River Publishing. Uh, when we had our talk, that I had um, another vision come to me, and this one was a, a male protagonist um, who lives in New Orleans. And this whole his whole story appeared to me in just kind of a a quick flash about uh, his he's he comes off as a bit of a loner, but in fact he he's very well known in New Orleans. And then I discovered that his, he has a French-Canadian wife who's um, been in the hospital for years. You know, she's in a coma. And, you know, so that gives me a lot to work with. You know, he's a free agent, but he's also tied to this being, this woman that he loved who, you know, may never come out of a coma. And so, I having lived in New Orleans with my husband, who was born and raised there, uh, I... I have this pull towards it because it is a place like no other. And I actually the first book I ever wrote was set in New Orleans. And so I just um you know, I I am tempted to segue into that series, but you know, it's like choosing between children. Mm-hmm. I I you know, I just like emphasize, you know, some some other voice will tell me what to do because you know I don't get to make my own decisions anymore <laughs> you know <laughs> just whatever pops in my head is where I go I <laughs>
0: don't make your own decisions anymore you're talking to characters <laughs> you are in a different world my friend
1: <laughs> I guess I am That's I guess true. I'm thank god I have a, a, a husband mm-hmm. you know we've been together for 41 years and you know, he, he handles, like, the real world concerns, and then I deal with, <laughs> you know, my fictional world concerns. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's
0: special, though, to have that kind of support, because if not, you would be torn, and I don't know that your writing would be as strong as it is, um, having to pop in and out of both worlds. So uh, we'll, yeah. we'll have to thank your husband yeah. as well.
1: Yes, yeah, Right. I would definitely. My stories would be fraught with more friction like that. I think yes. if I was dealing with someone that was feeling like I was ignoring them yep. or shouldn't spend my time on
0: those,
1: yep. you know, pursuits. Yep, everything came together.
0: <laughs> um, talk about your cover art because I find that to be interesting as well. There's a color, th- kind of a color theme and a feeling theme between all of them.
1: Yes, you know that. Thanks to Severn River Publishing, because they are the ones that rebranded my series. And so, um, they gave the books, uh, fresh covers. Um, at the time that, um, I signed with them, I had had four titles up on the four, the first four Madeline books up on Amazon. So those got the makeover. And so, um. They, when they did that, they've continued on with this theme. So, you know, it's nice. It's nice because there's continuity between um, the covers. You can look at them and you, it's like branding, you know, it's like got something in common so that uh, readers of the series, they know immediately that they're looking at a Madeline Dawkins book. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yep. And they all feature a, a backside of a woman (laughs) you know which is interesting because you see it's just mostly silhouette and that gives you that's that's sort of a really nice image for Madeline because it gives a hint but there's so much more that you don't know and so you have to follow her to find out what's going to happen yep
0: yep it kind of leads you in like walking into the doors as you said with the the back the back side of this woman Very, very good. Well, before we start to wrap up, I want to make sure that we're not missing anything that you wanted to talk about.
1: You know, I do get into some tough issues sometimes uh, that make me a little nervous. Um, You know, I have to, what I did to Madeline in the first book, of course, was really nerve wracking. Um, I set her up in the worst possible way and then wondered, Oh my God, can I, should I even be talking about something like this? But it, it was, it was important, you know, for it to be a very drastic blow up in order to control and manipulate her into a quickie divorce. So, yeah, I put Madeline through a lot. She's um, she's been shot, you know, she's, she's had all kinds of uh terrible things happen to her um she's not the only one because um you know Mike glommed on to her idea of becoming a PI so they've trained um with Russell Barnett the the creepy guy who set her up um for 3 years before going out on their own and now as of this book um i've got <laughs> i've got this young uh apprentice uh, for their, the PI side of their enterprises who, uh, just came on board. And, uh, I actually wrote this guy in because I missed someone that I used to see on our daily walks around the beach. I, I really miss him. He was such an interesting character. So I thought, oh gosh, he moved away. And then, um, when we, we were taking a walk, uh, last week and we ran into him and I told him that I wrote him into a book he got a big kick out of that but uh, but it's just it's fun how um it the cast grows organically and that I'm able to you know start these relationships and pull these relationships through you know other chapters other books
0: all right well we've got a lot to tap into here so why don't you share any contact information and where folks can find out more about you and purchase your books
1: well let's see Um, my website is um, CynthiaHamiltonBooks.com and you can also find me on Severn River Publishing Um, I'm also on Goodreads and I love to connect with readers I'm on Twitter at author Cynthia H
0: and I'm also on Facebook. righty, well, we'll stick to the one. The main one is CynthiaHamiltonBooks.com. Cynthia, thank you for sharing all of the Madeline Dawkins series with us today, and I hope our listeners head over to your website and check this out. Looking forward to your muse continuing to show up, so thank you so much.
1: Well, thank you, Pat. I really appreciate uh, this opportunity to speak with you again.